I'm Ashley. I'm Valencia. And we are self misguided. Hey. Hey. Long time to say. It's always so weird when we do multiple episodes yeah. in one sitting, which we don't do a ton. Maybe, no, I think yeah. two is like normal or catch up and then the Thursday episode. Yeah. But whenever Alan's home, we definitely try to do more than one episode at a time. But yeah. it's a little harder when he's not here. <laughs> yes. Luckily, I have a good support system that. I can at least come over once a week, but it's not always for multiple episode length. That's okay. That's why we do pre-record yeah. some stuff. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be, or in this episode today, we're going to be talking about ways we live intentionally. So mm-hmm. kind of like we, these are like our intentions. These are the things we set out to do. We're not letting them pass us by and it just like, so, so. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, I want to paint this room white. I love that. Okay. I was going to ask your opinion since like we're in here so much. It's I wanna... funny because Danielle just made a comment yesterday. She's like, I can't wait to see what this wall turns into if you guys decide to design it or whatever, or change it for the podcast. And I was like, well, I don't know if we plan on doing that, but it would be cool to see well, something. <laughs> I was thinking of painting it white. And one thing I think would really help our audio is to get the soundproofing panels so the sound can't bounce back off. Yeah. And I was getting thinking about getting the black one. So it'd be like a really cool contrast oh, yeah. for the backgrounds of the video. That would be cool. Yeah. Because we've got like the white desk and the black, black mics. mics. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to get a black laptop cover, but then we'll, then we'll be... <laughs> um, no color in our notebooks anymore, sorry. <laughs> no more wearing color. I know. It's like, it's like the one here. day I am, yeah. It's funny because I just told on. I was like, I think I'm going to go back to wearing all black again for a little while. <laughs> I love it. But I am a light spring and black's not technically in my color palette. Neither is my hair color so <laughs> that I've dyed it to. Um, so you pick the category you want to start on and I'll yeah. follow your lead. Okay. So I think I'll start with... Well, first I got on here is like finances because yeah. we got married when we were young. You mean like not looking at your credit card statement, Valencia? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so we got married when we were young. I was 19 and I didn't have good examples for finances. That's I think one of the, in one of our episodes we talked, we had life lessons and that was one I had no good examples in my life. and. I'm not sure about Alan, but we took, when we got married, it was just like, you, we both worked, we bought whatever we wanted, like savings was not an idea in our head at all. And I really wish that we had good examples to teach us stuff like that. Especially like now we have that savings account that you got us into. Which like, is like a 5% interest rate or something like that right now. Well, we were just looking at it and we were, we were looking at how much money it's made and we're like, yeah. Who, aren't you so glad? Like I know, the, but I'm like, who, who, you can't, I can't even imagine what it could have been at if we had started that, like, sooner or whatever. Side note, just for those listening, this is, like, the easiest way to, like, level up yeah. or, like, be smarter about money. I, we have a high-yield savings account. So the one Valencia and I use, it's the Marcus by Goldman Sachs. There's a ton on the market. I really implore you to look for yourself and figure out what works best for you. But it's not connected to your bank account. So the downside is it takes 24 hours if you need money out of it. Yeah. So 
don't put like you know your bill like your grocery <laughs> money in there but your bank account earns like 0.25 percent interest rate not only does this adjust up with the market rates but it starts it started out at like what three percent yeah and i'm earning five percent interest on my savings right now yeah so again it's not gonna make you a millionaire but it's right. so silly for money that's sitting in your savings to not be in a high yield savings account yeah. so that's like the number one like it's the easiest it's not even a toe in the water you're just even looking at the beach from your car like as far as diving into finances yeah it's really cool we've taken the approach of we don't acknowledge that at Mm -hmm. all like it's not connected to our bank account we can't see it unless we pull it up and so we don't even think about it unless we we'll put money in and that's it like Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have a um like goal for like we don't have a uh What's the word I'm thinking of? Like a plan, a plan for it. Like it's not like set to anything right now anyway. Um, so it's just going to, we're just going to build it and not even worry about it because yeah. it doesn't exist to us. That'd be a really great emergency fund. Yeah. And so um, with our finite, we have some pretty realistic goals now set for our finances and where we want to be and like timeline and all that. And so being really intentional on that is really big for us right now. So so finances for us are, obviously they look a lot different because you guys are a one income household. Yeah. We're a dual income household. You have two kids. We have one. Um, I did grow up with a great example of finances. Um, and I didn't get into a lot of trouble when I was like a young adult. So that really helped. Ryan and I kind of like... Like, this is going to sound so, like, champagne problems, but we suffered from, like, having disposable income, like, that we're leaving outside of, like, eating out, like, outside of, like, what we were spending. Mm-hmm. Like, we have treated savings like a bill our entire relationship. So we were saving. We were, you know, we put into our 401ks, all of that. Then we had this disposable income, but there was always even disposable income left over, especially when we lived in our $500 a month apartment. Yeah. And we never really put that to good use. So... Obviously, moving into our house, like, our house payment is significantly more. Our house is brand new. It's much bigger. It's kind of everything we wanted. We were, and we lived in a shitty apartment. Yeah. Loved my landlord. Like, this is not, like, a diss. Like, I really, like, I was not someone who lived in luxury apartments. Our carpet had slime on it, like, stuck into it. And we were, like, they were, like, well, they're not going to replace the carpet. But if you want it, we'll give you, like, 25 off the rent. We were, like, yeah, sure. It's a ground-level <laughs> apartment. Yeah. And people were turning it down because it had slime stuck in it. And, like, I just, to me, renting, I could never fathom being, like, that picky about something I was renting. Especially because, like, the, like, luxury apartments by Walmart are, like, more than our house payment. Yeah. And this was, like, $550 a month. Which, like, doesn't exist anymore, I feel like. Yeah, like, I think when we left, like, we were not, we were not, it, well, so it was probably 595 Then we got the discount on that, which was 25 a month. And then... 545 was what it was because we got 25 a month if you they auto withdrawed rent mm-hmm. so we were paying 545 a month for our rent by the time we left they don't we only got one increase in our three years there for 20 dollars. so we're paying 565 there are people coming in we're paying like 625 which is still so cheap for a yeah. two bedroom one bath apartment they had hookups they didn't have washer and dryer in them they were not new 
They were, you know, they didn't have like fancy lighting or granite countertops, but I was renting it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the approach we took. So we were able to save a ton of money to buy the house we bought. So I was someone who's the thing that always drove me crazy was your rent or your house rent is going to be cheaper than your rent. Liars. (laughs) I think just because like I was an exception on rent. So obviously moving in this, like that changed, but we kind of like really want to be liquid. We want to be more fluid to where if I decided it's where I did want to be a stay at home mom, like it's easier or like Ryan gets a call for a store, um, like an hour away or two hours away or halfway across the country, we can take it. Like he gets a chance to really move. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that is if we do something like that, I'm going to be leaving my job without another one secured because my child care is my mother-in-law and I couldn't imagine putting him in a daycare. And so like we want the like, the like flexible, freedom. like the, the financial freedom to be able to do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's kind of like been what our year has been like. Um, and it's just like, you know, you, you kind of like as the person does the finances, like because Alan does your guys's like planning. I do ours. Just like the monthly payments gets like even if you know you have enough, you know a hundred percent you're gonna have enough, and for everything else you need, like just the monthly payments get so overwhelming mm-hmm. because you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah. So that's like really been like our to like really reduce the number of monthly payments has been like our big goal. But yeah, I'm with that. You ready for our next? Always. Let's see. I've got... So, one thing, especially we deal with when Alan's traveling, is even though I'm home all the time, (laughs) most people wait to make plans for the week Alan's home. Which I get. Alan's a great guy. I want to hang out with Alan. Well, one thing that we've been lacking since he started traveling again, and it's only been a few months, Mm -hmm. is intentional family time because the entire week is spent out of our house not just us together we're with somebody else or doing something or whatever and a very good example is last month I literally I'm pretty sure I still have a picture of the calendar and there was no space in the boxes and it's like a big calendar of like there was no space. There was so much stuff on every single day. There was not a single day that had nothing going on. We didn't even have time to get together and record ahead too much because like and this yeah. like it's not even like podcast, it was everything else. Yeah. And so after that week, I was exhausted, number mm-hmm. one, after the week. I had no time to recharge. And that's like one big thing I need whenever he's home because for twenty one days straight I'm doing everything. Yeah. And I need a break. And so this time, while we do, we did still have quite a few things. It was we literally get to just hang out, yeah, and do nothing and spend time together, and it's so important to us because we've been lacking mainly me and him like lacking connection lately, and so we're being very intentional on that. But the kids literally like missed him so much more this past rotation because they, they didn't, didn't get that time with him yeah. either. So, um. That's, like, definitely something I could take a pointer on because, like, I'm really bad about doing that, too. For, like, me, like, I try to intentionally, like, on the weekends make sure I do, like, one thing with Theodore. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like, relationships, like, Ryan and I try to, like, make sure we're sitting down and we're doing, like, a check-in. And it's something Ryan started 
And it was, what did he say? How does he word it? Is there anything I could do to like improve like our connection this week or something? It's something like that. And so we try to like have this like time to like communicate and talk about like what's coming, like even like just to check it, like what's coming up this week? What was this week? How is work going? Like just even if it's a 20 minute thing, we try to like make sure we schedule time for us each week because that's something like we got really bad about doing. When Ryan was on nights, and so he only had three nights off, but then I had to get everything I needed to do in those three nights because pre-baby, I did everything I wanted to do on the four nights Ryan worked. Mm-hmm. Hung up all my friends, went to, like, if I wanted to get my hair done, get my nail. I did all of that while he was gone, and then I was completely free for three nights. Yeah. Um. So now with the baby, like, we had, well, when we had the baby and he was working nights, we only had three nights, so we were never, sp- like, we would go weeks where every single night he was off, he wasn't coming home or I wasn't coming home until like after like one the other one went to bed. Yeah. So that was something like we were really bad about too. Yeah, and it's so important because there it we definitely went through like a roommate stage after both kids. Yeah. And luckily one wasn't as long as the other, but that was because we realized that like, the communication and the connection is why we went through those phases. And while they tell you, you know, being a parent is once you have kids, they're your whole world, they're number one, blah, blah, blah. How can you be a good parent if you're not taking care of yourself and making sure you, because you're married, well, usually you're married first, like for us. Don't throw, don't throw stones. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, And so, like, you have to prioritize your marriage. You don't get married just to have a kid to forget about your marriage, like stuff like that. So that's like very big for us. So when I was an assistant and I know I've said this on the podcast before, something that Tom told me was him and his wife, Wendy had this like kind of philosophy before there was an, uh, before there was a them talking about their, their boys, there wasn't us mm-hmm. talking about them. And before there wasn't us, there was a me. Yeah. So they took care of them, us and me. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's something, like, I've really tried to bring into our kind of situation. Because, like, as, pre- like, Ryan and I were prepared. Like, we talked about it. We went to counseling. Like, we were so prepared to have a kid. And we talked about what that was going to be. And it's just so different living through it. Yeah. So. Parenting is just one of those things you can plan for, you can prep for. But it's different for everyone. And so. Oh, Yeah. Well, it's just, like, you, like, we plan, like, you plan to, for the bad things. You plan to not get any sleep. But then, and you're like, okay, I've got to do this, and here's how I'm going to cope with that. But then you're trying to cope without getting any sleep. I don't know (laughs) from experience. I'm just assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, my next one actually feeds into that a little bit, like, like what you said. Focusing on my health has been and not letting it be like a back burner thing because like society tells you when you have a kid the kid is number one you can't think about anything else until after your kid and I did take that so seriously whenever I had Jack so I'm like you know I brought this kid into the world he is my world yeah and I neglected myself for over a year and I got to like the lowest point in my life where I'm just like yeah it was, I felt awful. Like, who is Valencia? And so, while I, like, I'm sitting here, like, not getting down there. I'm not playing with my one-year-old. 
and I'm not doing any like, you know, he's that's the point where you're like, how is this? How does this make sense? Like, how do you only take care of your kid? But you can't take care of your kid if you're not taking care of yourself. And so and it really wasn't until I met you that I really learned what it takes to take care of yourself. And you have to be so intentional about that. And I have been since we've become friends and even more seriously every single day. And I feel like you can ask anybody. There's been a like a huge change. Yeah. And so it just kind of goes back to like the you shouldn't consider getting to go grocery shopping without the kids self care. Yeah. Which you definitely did. Yeah. (laughs) Or taking a shower or, you know, running an errand, you know, it's got to be something for you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. I have no like problem in that department of like kind of taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like go through that. Like I do get down. Like I never think about like, I'm always downplaying with Theodore or like, but also like vice versa. Like Theodore is so good at independent place. So like if he wants to play, I can also sit on the couch and just like Mm -hmm. watch him or like pet the dog or like, you know, scroll through Instagram. That does not make me a bad mom. Um, And he plays and he's happy. Yeah. But it's just, like, yeah, I never, like, that was something that I didn't have to be as intentional about because I had, like, such a stronger foundation of that. Yeah. But. I want my kids to see a happy mom. And I definitely wasn't for Jack. I was not a happy mom for Jack. And luckily he won't remember that, but I will. And so that's why, like, every day when I think about that, I'm like, I need to be a happy mom. I need to be a healthy mom so my kids you know, I don't want them to see me be like that. This is such a good segue into like intentional parenting. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things for Ryan and I is everything we do, we don't think about like, oh, like I need to do this for my one-year-old or I need to teach my one-year-old this. We're raising an adult. Mm-hmm. And so like kind of like in the same vein of like one day Theodore is going to be an adult. And as an adult, I want him to think that he does matter. Yeah. He is important. He comes first. And like, I don't have a daughter yet, maybe ever. You do. So like, it's even like a, probably a little bit more like painful for you as like women in our society. But I want Theodore to, and like, I don't want him to think that his partner's needs come before his or his, this person's needs. I want him to, my needs are important. They're valid and I'm going to do them. And not in a way that he has to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, the conversation one day will be like, oh, you always do this. And he's like, yeah. And then like one day he's like, well, my parents always took care of themselves. Like, you know, it's, yeah. this is, this is his normal. This is not his generational curse to break. It's not the thing he thinks mm-hmm. about. But even so much more, like if Theodore gets married, um, whoever his spouse is, like, I don't want him to expect them to put their needs on the back burner. Right. Like I want him to be a good husband because one, he sees Ryan be a good husband to me and put my, and he knows that my needs come first for me. And then he sees me be a good partner and Ryan's needs come first for him. And then you sacrifice when needed, but then he's not going to expect his partner to like put his needs in front of them. So he's going to be a better partner and he's yep. also not going to get walked all over. And then if they do go on to have children, if he has children, like, you know, if he marries a woman and they have children the standard way like he's not going to expect them to be the default parent like right he's not going to expect them to give everything up and you know vice versa he's going to be this like 50 50 person and hopefully it's just instilling in him like like just making it normal not having to like teach him but just right. making it normal he kind of gets 
protected from situations in which he would get walked all over. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely didn't know a lot of that growing up. And my examples are, are things I'm using to be sure not to do stuff like that. Like obviously, and we've talked about it on previous episodes, but I did not have a healthy environment growing up. And one of the biggest things I'm doing is making sure they see that and have that and know that, you know, you have to work for what you're, what you want and what you have and it's nothing will be handed to you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do agree with all of what you just said because it's, it's so important to have good examples, be a good example. And so, so kind of like, why don't you touch a little bit on like parenting and this like aspects and the things you do that's like super intentional and maybe some of the things you feel like you haven't done that like that you've done without intent behind them. Hmm. Well, let's see. One of the biggest things, I don't know if it really counts, but like routine. No, I think that definitely counts. I, and it's funny too when I think about it because we talked about like when all of our kids were babies, like for like half of my friends and like my sister, your guys' babies thrived on routine. Like you wanted to be home at a certain time to do their like bedtime routine and where I and even like Cora, we... <laughs> I don't know if it was our kids or just like the way we structured things, but it was like we, if we were out, we were out. We put them to bed when we got to bed or when we got home or whatever. It felt a little more like loosely, like a, not a routine, but like a. There was no, but that like that's kind of what like I'm saying. Structure. There's no intent, not to say that's bad. No, right. just to say that like that's kind of like the difference of like that's something like you kind of you did bedtime without intent. You like yeah. planned your day without like the parenting kind of like not to say that's bad because no, a lot of babies neither really one is that. bad. It's just yeah. like and that's where I go in. Like everyone's different and every baby's different. And yeah. so I while I I go back and forth too because I really like routine. I really like structure. But I feel like one thing I can never, like, be consistent on is, like, a bedtime routine. Because, like, sometimes we're at a family's house late. And we won't leave early just because... Or, like, because we have, like, a routine necessarily set at home. But, like, our day-to-day structure is solid. And I feel like I'm more intentional about that. Because with homeschooling, obviously things are way looser than if you have to go to school. You have to Mm -hmm. wake up every single day at a certain time and be there at a certain time. And at first, whenever we started doing homeschooling, I was like, I was worried. I was like, what if they never really learn that, you know, you have to wake up at a certain time and be somewhere at a certain time every day, like when they get a job or whatever. And so I kind of panicked a little. I was like, maybe I should start waking them up at a certain time and all that stuff. So I haven't technically started doing that because I'm still like, I don't know which way, you know, I'm still learning. So I don't really know. Obviously, like, I'm a really structured person, yeah. so take this from that. I would really implore you to do, do yeah. the research into it because there are so many benefits to getting your body on a biological clock. Yeah. So, and the hardest part is, like, I don't do that. Like, yeah. I, I want to so bad is the problem. Like, I want to be, like, this, I want to get up at the same time every day and have, like, my morning routine before the kids get up and I wake them up and, like, all that stuff. And I don't know if it's just this time right now and with preschool, it doesn't have to be that structured. So that's something I think I'll instill next year, but, um, let's see. Well, talk about bedtime real quick and kind of bringing it back. You have such a hard time falling asleep. Yeah, I do. And like, especially if it starts, so growing up, I always had a bedtime routine. I had a bedtime. I had like, we like literally, I didn't shower in the morning. I always showered at night. Like those, Mm -hmm. like I had a routine from like my parents that when I was little, like my dad would get carried it on until like I was old enough to do it myself. 
And I've always kind of generally gone to bed around the same time. Yeah. Now, like, there have been points in my life where that's changed, but um, I've always been somewhat the bedtime routine. And nine times out of ten, I can fall asleep in under five minutes. And here's the thing. I have taught my body time and time again, you do this, you do this, you do this, you go to sleep. So as I start to do this, my body's like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. And that's what we've taught Theodore. Yeah. Now, we are not, I mean, like, we we have, we've, both nights this weekend, he was out later than his bedtime. Mm -hmm. Um, But... One, we have, like, we have such a strong structure in it that even though it was 30 minutes later, I brushed his teeth, I laid him down, and he was asleep in five minutes. Yeah. See, I feel like it's just, it's not an excuse. I'm, I feel well, like it's... I haven't started it because, for me, I do it by myself most of the time. So, I would have to make sure, like, the kids are on their routine where they're able to do the same thing because I can't go to bed until they go to bed. And so... But that's, like, I think that's it. Instead of, like, focusing on, like, I can't do this every night, so there's no point. And not to say you have, if you have no interest in doing this, don't do it. No, that's literally how I, I'm like, it seems like I couldn't do it every night, so I probably wouldn't even try, but. But that's, like, but that's just it, is, like, now you've ruined seven nights instead of two. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what we both have talked about. Like, we have this all or nothing mentality, and you have to, like, give yourself permission to fail. But even when it's, like, like I said, like, when it's starting out, like, both nights, they were an hour plus later than we, he didn't go to bed till 8.30 on Saturday night. Theodore is in bed every night by 7.30. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to bed till 8.30. We didn't even, like, it was, like, 8 whenever we got home. So, but we still did the same order of events. Yeah. And then he was in bed. Sunday, it was, like, 8.10. We still did the same order of events. He still fell asleep really quickly. Now, don't get me wrong, around 7.30, Theodore starts rubbing his eyes and yawning. And his new thing is, because both times we were at a restaurant when it was like, one, it was bedtime, it was nap time. He lay his head down on the high chair and look at me. <laughs> yeah, it was so cute. So like, he, like his body is starting. And another thing we did that's like, this is going to be like really controversial, is as Theodore got old enough, I wouldn't take him out of his crib until 7. I don't care if he woke up at 6. I don't care if he woke up at 5.30. He was staying in that crib until 7. Theodore, 9 times out of 10, does not wake up before 7 now. 7 is... The, so 7 is when I do the... Wa- do I just lock my kids in their room? Like, they yes. will not sleep past 7. Or, that, like, they're always waking up before my alarm. And I'm just like, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Uh, again, controversial. <laughs> I wouldn't do it all through the night because of a fire, but I would probably oh. do it in the morning. <laughs> I like if like that I, means I'd have to like get up and like go over there, flip the switch, and run back to bed. <laughs> um, but then again, like again, they they yeah. learn. I really one of the things we're gonna do with him. We're actually gonna start it at eighteen months. Is the green, the red light, green light? Yeah. So you can't. And I know your kids will laugh at you, in your face. I know right they, now. Would, they would just sit there and try to mess with it. Probably. But I think that's kind of like one of the things where like you'd have to go through the hard part of like doing something yeah. drastic, like locking their door, or you know. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you could stop locking the door because there's paint to the light now. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I'm not a parenting professional, but that's just like. No, that makes sense though, because we, I had to do that with like the bathroom door. I'd have to lock the bathroom door. Cause I'll go in there and unroll all the toilet paper, play in the sink and the soaps. And so I would lock the bathroom door and it's got to the point where they, they assume it's locked, yeah. but I can now leave it unlocked. And so. It's a good thing they don't, they don't go in there. <laughs> yeah, that's like something I was really intentional about that. And one of the big things was, like, when he was little, little, like, newborn, 
and he, I would treat it as if it were awake in the middle of the night. I would feed him. I'd change his diaper. I'd put him back to bed. Mm-hmm. He did not wake up, get like out of his sleep sack or out of his swaddle, which, like, again, I think sleep sacks have helped us so much, both mm-hmm. with nighttime and morning time routine, because he only wears it when he sleeps. He's, he's still wearing them? Mm-hmm. That's cool. It also helps them. They can't get their leg up out of the crib to crawl out. Oh, nice. So it's like literally now it's going to be a deterrent for that. You, they they make them up to when they're like jack size. Yeah, that's true. Um, Makes you feel a lot better too without giving them a blanket, I bet. Yeah. Ugh. I'm so ready to do that. He's become such a blanket kid lately. But so we were, I was really intentional on that. And like when he woke in the middle of the night, it was always diaper change, bottle, back to bed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we, it didn't matter what time, it was always the same routine. And I treated the 5.30 wakes, the 6 o'clock wakes like that. I don't get him out, take him out of his sleep sack, or take him out of a swaddle, let him play, let him tire himself back out and put him back down. No, because that's daytime, that's nap time. Mm-hmm. Nighttime is you can eat and then you go back to bed. And I've always been that way. And so now, he slept in on Sunday morning. I was up at 7 because I'm used to being up. I like usually wake up at 6.55 on the weekends between my alarm goes off at 5.30. When I get out of bed is no one's business throughout <laughs> the week. But that was like another thing is there for a while my alarm was waking up Theodore. I, but I still would not go get him until 7. Yeah. Well, and now I get ready and like take everything out to my car before I go get him. So that way the last thing I'm doing is get, because like we usually leave at like 7.05. So I'm really just getting him dressed. So if I'm running a few minutes behind, he'll sit in there and he'll talk and like just giggle and lay around and stuff. So he doesn't like get up and start crying and screaming to get oh, out of the yeah. bed. He just waits for me in his crib. That's what my kids did. What? <laughs> they, the moment they're up, they're like, get me out of this bed. And they would just cry and scream until I got in there. Sometimes they'll be like, dada, mama. That's just another thing. Like we had our kids by ourselves. And, like, it's cool now because all my friends and, like, my sister, they all have babies together. And it's really cool. But we went through that alone when we had Jack. And yeah. so I just I just played it every day by day and learned as I went. And I didn't have, I didn't have a, like, support group when it came to stuff like that. And I think, like, again, this is kind of something I was, Ryan and I were so intentional about, and, like, even before Ryan, I didn't want children. So I was, like, I never had a pregnancy scare, never had any issues. Um, I was so, we were so intentional about when we had kids. Yeah. And, like, we wanted to be, you know, we wanted to be financially stable. We wanted to be in the position to buy a house. We wanted to be able to afford private school. We wanted to be able to, like, do these things. We wanted to be so, we wanted to be far enough along in our careers that having to take time off for like sickness or like today I had to leave early, like those kind of things weren't going to negatively mm-hmm. impact it. We, you know, I wanted to like, I mean, I was graduated from college when I got with Ryan, but that's like, we were so intentional about the timing. And I mean, I had, I had a baby at 27, which is especially for the area we're in really late in life to have like your first kid. Um, but we're like, we're, my brain's fully developed. Your brains don't fully develop till you're 25. So like, I feel like I gave myself this advantage. So I do almost everything intentionally with Theodore. We just, and it sounds so like naive, but we didn't know what to be intentional about. We never sat down and thought like, what do we want our future to look like? We got married and we started having kids because that's just... 
what you did. Yeah. And so there's a lot of times I wish we could go back and have those talks and really have a plan for our life. But I mean, I wouldn't change anything. It's just. So I'll have to find it. But after Ryan and I got engaged, before we start, we got married, we have a full book. So mind you, we were not pregnant, still had birth control in. Before we kind of went through with like, this is, we're going to spend forever together. We sat down and planned out religion, schooling, names, parenting tactics, you know, are we going to spank? Are we not going to spank? How, like, these are my deal breakers. We have a full parenting guideline of what, like, we picked Montessori education, you know, in June of 2021. We picked his name. We picked if we were going to take him, like, if we were going to take him to church. And if so, what churches we'd be okay with, what churches we wouldn't, what kind of boundaries we were going to have with family, all of that. Six months before we ever even tried to get pregnant. Before we got married, we, so, we, we planned it out because, again, we were, like, we had the advantage. Mm -hmm. We were 26. We were... We were being intentional with it, and we didn't want to get married, get pregnant, and then talk about these things and not agree on anything. Yeah. We've been pretty fortunate that we're very similar people. Yeah. So, luckily, there's that. It's just, yeah. You would have been a great friend to have. Well, I <laughs> think. at least, I don't know. I, all of my friends already have their kids. Yeah. So, like, I. I just wish we had had an example like that. I gotta watch other people's mistakes, too. Yeah. That's, like, but another thing that's, like, not like not my friends were terrible parentings, but oh, exactly. It's not too late to change anything, any of those things. And as this year has gone, like, we've changed so many things just this year. Well, I think one of your big, like, switches, and, you know, like, I know you've been considering it, but not to say just letting your kid go to public school is not intentional, but just doing it because it's how, like, I feel like a lot of parents do it without intent because it's just the normal thing to do. Yeah. One of the things you did was you really sat down and explored your options and picked. So even if you would have picked public school at that point, you did it with intent behind yeah. it. It, t- it and yeah, I I took so much time to make that decision too, and like at least six months I feel like. Yeah. And I considered every possibility and and did research and talked to so many people. So yeah, I definitely that was definitely intentional, and that is something though I had no idea he wanted, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, that was very that was a very interesting process and we handled it really well, I feel like. So luckily he's not one of those that says, You're gonna homeschool my children and you're yeah. just gonna have to deal. Sucks been, to be you. He's been so supportive and he wants to be so involved. And honestly, if the roles could be reversed, I know he'd want to be the one doing it. And oh yeah. I think it'd be so cute, but sorry. <laughs> Unless I somehow become like super like wealthy or were successful or whatever and whatever i don't see that <laughs> that would like alan as mr mom i feel like he'd he be, would like, be so successful yeah he would be the best if we yeah. could switch roles i feel like we'd all be healthier over here i think like given i think had you never known what it knows like to be a stay-at-home mom maybe but like i think it'd be hard to like long term not yeah to, to be away from the kids oh yeah for sure because there was a point where i was like we I potentially needed to get a job and I was like I would rather do anything but be away from them like I've been given this opportunity I will you know if there's anything else I could do and we made it work so yeah do you have any other categories so one thing it's not like super serious it's it's a newer thing it's like which you probably won't 
have because you you're so like type A and you're like you have a very clean home. Something I've been starting is like a Sunday reset. I and love while, Sunday reset. And while my Sunday reset only lasts until about mid Monday morning, <laughs> it's really nice to wake up on Monday and have just like everything done. And it really helps me maintain it throughout the week. But going, getting to like, let's say Thursday, I'm usually like. Here is my philosophy on the Sunday resets. This also really goes back into that all or nothing mentality. If you are like, well, I'm not going to clean it on Sunday because Monday it's just going to be messy. You've now gone four weeks without mopping. Yeah. And yeah, it's messy, but it's disgusting. Too. Yeah. So it's like, that's like a big motivator for me. It's like, obviously I have a husband and a cat and a dog and a baby. So my house does not stay clean. It stays tidy. And I think that's like the big difference. It's like I mop and sweep my, like I sweep my floors every day and then I mop once a week. And yeah. Ryan spilled smoothie on them on his way back to lunch, to, or to work from lunch day and didn't even realize it. And then Theodore brings me the piece that was on the floor. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh. Yeah, I definitely, I like the idea of Sunday Resex. My list is things that I just don't feel like I have time for during the week. And while I try to maintain, obviously, every day certain things to keep the house from being, like, disgusting, it really helps me be focused on those days, getting those tasks done so I can worry about the other ones during the week. I think one of the, like, really big things is, like, as you stick with a Sunday reset, because, like, again, I'll bring it back to floors. Can you tell they're my least favorite chore? They're the thing that if I'm going to not do a task, it's my floors, whether it's vacuuming or sweeping. It takes me longer when I missed it. Mm-hmm. So as you kind of stick with it, you'll realize like a month in, it, the first four weeks you did it took you four hours. Well, now it only takes you two. Yeah. Because things are just genuinely easier. And I think like that's like usually what I throw away the most stuff because I'm like, I'm putting this back in its place for the sixth time and it never once got used. It just got moved. Trash. I've definitely started doing that too. I'm yeah. like, if I have moved, like, there's been times where I literally have like just a bunch of clutter on the counter and it, it's not necessarily trash, but I'm like. You just moved it from this pile to this pile to this pile. And- right into the trash. Yep. I like them over it. Like kids' toys on the floor. If I've had to pick them up for like the 16th time just because they like just scoot them across. Like they don't play with them. They just, they just move them, them out another way. Right into the trash. That's like I don't feel bad either. <laughs> no. That's like we have the, again, now we've, I had stuff in my TV stand drawers and Theodore was old enough now that he kept taking them out. So I've yeah. now used those for his toys. And here's something I like intentionally did. Uh, we do Montessori education. Mm-hmm. So 90% of Theodore's tours are Montessori style. So he has like his classic ones. The blocks, like the big cube with the shapes that go mm-hmm. in it. The ball drop. The, you know, like the classic yeah. Montessori school toys. And then he has like kind of like, I call them the new age ones. So they're brightly colored. They're not muted. But there are things like, it's this funnel thing that he twists the different things on. So oh, it's yeah. like very hands-on. Like or, stacking cups and he, stuff. That's, like, in the, his classic box. Oh, yeah. And then, like, his toy trucks, which aren't technically Montessori, but, like, they're his favorite thing on the yeah. entire planet. And then I have, like, because he's still teething, his teethers, but then I have his books and, like, his, like, kind of more practical things in there. His, like, practice spoons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, this is new, so, like, obviously I'll check back in now on the podcast, but, like, I'm hoping with, like, in a month you can be like, hey, go get your book. And he's not pulling everything out. Oh, yeah. And when I say books, we got, we have some indestructible books that can't be ripped, torn, like you can chew, you can throw them in the washer kind of thing. Um, he'll know where to go and grab them or like, you know, he, hopefully I can start seeing his toy preference based off which Troy's going to. Yeah. It's so 
funny because not last time I was here, like not yesterday, but the time before that, he was getting into that drawer when it still had other stuff. And you're like, no. Driving me crazy. And then the very next time I come over, like you're putting toys in there. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have thought to do that. Yeah. I try to like. I probably would have just got rid of the thing. <laughs> it's Well, it's like, again, here's something like I very intentionally do is like. I try to like remove obstacles because like I am like a high stress person, so I try to remove those. So the, we safety or like child proofed most of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. The cabinets he can get into have stuff he can safely play with. Yeah. If I'm not right over him. Anything that I literally have to be like close enough to grab him, like touch him, so I can't be on the couch. I have an open floor plan house, so I have mm-hmm. eyes on him, but I'm not right above him. Right. So Aunt Maisie got him a bag of instruments for his birthday, which he loves, but they have like these sticks and like one of the drum things has the balls on the strings yeah. and he kept putting it in his mouth. So I have to literally be right, right there, there with him with most of them. The ones I don't have to be are in his she drawers. Just, yeah. The ones I have to be are in a separate basket and it's not like the basket is hidden away. I leave it on the TV stand and then if I'm not, if I'm going to be like, reading a book or I'm going to be cooking or cleaning while he's playing, mm-hmm. I'll put them on the bar yes. that he can't reach. But otherwise, I put them down because I'm sitting there in the floor with them. Yeah. But I, those drawers were like the thing that prevented him from independent play. Yeah. Because I had to constantly be going over there. Well, then he's like, well, she's not letting me get in these. I want to get in these. So I took the stress. Like, that was the stressor. Mm-hmm. Took it away. Yeah. Don't have so that anymore. Smart. So that's like something I try to like very much for my life or like, I don't know. I need to figure out how to do that. But for my kitchen, because the kids will go in there and I baby proof. So there's nothing they can't get into that's not safe, but they'll go in there and just make a mess of things. And so I'm like, I wish I had a door on my kitchen or something. Yeah, I'm about to put a gate, a gate back up, but I don't like them not being able to be in the kitchen because like, you know. It's getting to a point where they're going to start helping me, like, clean the dishes and, like, learning skills like that. And help. they love to help me cook. And I don't want to, like, close it off to them so they don't feel like they're allowed to be in the kitchen. But I'm trying to figure out a way for them to not, to understand they can't just get into everything. Yeah. So I just need, obviously, I need to have, like, less stuff on the counters. But my kitchen is small. I mean, yeah. it's no smaller than yours. It's just... I have too much stuff. You know, it's wild about, like, not only, like, my kitchen. I have the pantry. I will say that. You don't have a pantry. I wish. My problems would probably be solved if I had a pantry. I have two cabinets that have nothing in them. Like, from what you see in my <sighs> kitchen. But then I have two junk drawers. And yeah. those are my, like, that's my next thing. I'm, like, one of those people, though. I, like, I'll keep something. Cause I'm like, I will definitely use that. I'm not one I of might people. only use it once. But I feel like I'll definitely use that. I am not one of those people, but I am one of those people that is worried about my mail information getting stolen. So, like, credit card information or stuff that you probably should just throw in the trash. I don't wait till I can shred it. And that's, like, kind of a big thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not. Like, I might use that. I'm like, will I use it in the next, like, 30 days? Depending on how much it costs. 30 days, 60 days. Like, again, my favorite example is I had a Keurig machine, quit using it, went unused for a month, gave it away. A year later, I was like, oh, I want one of these. I bought, like, and, like, I'm not talking, like, the Keurig. The first one was a Keurig brand. I sold it. The second one was, like, the Mr. Coffee brand. Yeah. Bought that. Quit using it. Gave it away. I have an espresso. I'll tell you, it's not getting quit used in my house anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I just, definitely need to go through and be intentional about all that, too, because I've, 
they say your house is a representation of your mind. And if you go through my house, you'll literally be like, no wonder she's insane. (laughs) That's like kind of how, you know, one of the things we're doing this week is writing down everything we like spiral about. Mm -hmm. That would be like something that would be like good for you to like even just have a notes app in your phone. Like as you're cleaning, be like, like you're done cleaning your kitchen. What was the thing that stressed you out most about the clean? But clean, jot it yeah. down. And then when you're like, okay, how can I improve my kitchen? Go there. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Because that was like one, of, like one of my big things was like when we moved in the house, I didn't put any food outside of the pantry, including my salt and my oil and stuff like that that I cook with. Yeah. You know how annoyed I got having to walk into the pantry every time I needed some of the like basic stuff? Now it's all with my pots and pans. So it's like little, it's like little things like that that like make a world of difference. Or I actually hate that my cooking utensils are out on the bar, but I won't cook if they're not. Right. Because it's just like another thing for me yeah. to do. Yeah, I feel the same way, but I'm like, I'm not just gonna have to like open. And you know, when you have baby locks on your drawers, it's really annoying. And actually, that makes me think of something because I I have straws for the kids because I really like using straws right now. I'm sorry for all the turtles out there, but. I had them in a drawer that had a baby lock on them because I didn't want them just grabbing a bunch of them. Well, they haven't. And so I moved them over one drawer where the silverware is. I don't have a lock on that because I don't keep knives in there, except for butter knives. But they're actually really careful with stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. So I moved them over. So now I don't have to worry about the baby lock because it was driving me insane. And they can just get the straw themselves now. So yeah. I guess that it's like I mean that's like little, but no, but it's the little things like that make a world of difference. A world of difference. Like, I hate the idea that the cat food is in here because I want all the pet food together. But it was so annoying to walk to the pantry to feed her in here. Or yeah. the pantry, the laundry room. So her cat food is in here. I had all of the treats on top of the fridge. We never gave her treats because of that. Now mm. they're all in here. Yeah, that's smart too. So, like, it's it's little, like, I just, like, it's so... Like, the little things are the easiest to fix, and they make such a huge overall difference. Yeah, for sure. I've literally been just writing things down, (laughs) things I can do now that I think about it. I feel like as far as, like, personal care, cleanliness, um, like, kind of those more, like, type A things, like, I'm definitely the, like, the leader of that. And then, like, but when it comes to, like, the more empathetic things, like, your relationship and your friendships and, like, those kind of things, like, I definitely take a lot from you. Like, I'm the follower there with that. Mm -hmm. And I like how, like, we really balance out like that. You just made me think, though, because I haven't taken my vitamins since I moved them to another spot. That's, like, harder to reach. Do you know that drives me crazy, right? Like, I have them in my windowsill, so I can see see them every time I go in there. And I've been trying to, like, clear off my windowsills because I feel like it was, like, kind of cluttered. And that might have been, like, part of my problem. And so I moved them to a shelf on the other... <laughs> <laughs> did you see that Instagram post with laughs so hard? Okay, good. Um, I moved them to another shelf on the other side of the kitchen, which I have to, like, reach up to get. And I haven't taken them, I yeah. just realized. That's so... like, I literally look at them every day and I'm like, I have to find something else, but I have to be able to take them. Speaking of, I went just like a few weeks ago on the podcast and talked about my whole supplement routine. Yeah. I was taking my collagen and my immunity at night with my magnesium. And then I found I wouldn't take pills at night. So now I take all of the pills in the morning mm-hmm. and just take my magnesium at night. Yeah. So the magnesium I got, which I guess we can talk about later, it I've been taking it. It's not necessarily to take at night, I guess, but it's for like sleep support. 
But I was like, do I take this at night or is it okay if I take it in the morning? No, some of them can take, like the other magnesium I use, the Symbiotica. It doesn't say specifically. It it can take any time. Okay. Because it didn't say, I was looking at it, it didn't say specifically take before bed because it it said take with a meal. Yeah. I'm like, nobody's making it before bed. Follow what it says because there's like different versions of it. So. I feel like you're the one to ask because you have been taking magnesium. That's what I, like, I have taken the magnesium pill, like, the basic magnesium pills that have no guidance, the Symbiotica one, um, and that said, like, that said whenever, but it worked best with their golden mine, and their golden mine provides energy, so they recommend you take it in the morning. So I was taking yeah. it in the morning. The magnesium has been my favorite by far, and it's designed to take before bed, so. Yeah. Okay. I think. <laughs> I'll, I should, I'll have to read the thing and double check, but. Anyway, this is kind of, we're ending the near of the old style of podcasting, and we're so excited because we got really intentional about planning our months out for the podcast, but make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Subscribe to us. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Self Misguided Podcast. Um, You can DM us. Leave a message, like, whatever. We are super interactive on all of our socials, and we love the feedback. So we can't wait till you join us again, because at the end of the day, aren't we all self-misguided? I'm pretty sure we lost the whole point of this topic, so what do we know? 